now, and it's Chodesh, beginning of Chodesh Adar, <coughs> and Shenechnes Adar, Marvin Besimcha. So I want to elaborate a little bit about this and about the Parsha to put things in the, the Parsha. So the Parsha's Truma talks about really building the Mishkan. And Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe Rebbeini, that we need certain materials to build the Mishkan, and he mentions 15 different items. One of the items he mentions, we need oil for the menorah. Now, oil for the menorah is not something you build the Mishkan with. It's just something that you're gonna need every day. It's like, it, it doesn't say, make sure you have animals for the karbonus, for slaughtering every day. That's gonna be the maintenance. It's like a guy says, I need material to build a house, but I also need uh, food in the house. That's once we live in the house, we'll take care of the food, we'll take care of the blankets, we'll take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. The Torah says we need a shaman lamoid. We need an oil to light. And more interesting is that the Pasha, the next Pasha, talks about making the clothing for the Kayan and the Kayan Godel. But the Torah begins with the interesting Pasik. This week's Pasha, Atta Tetzava B'nai Yisrael, you should tell them to light the Menorah. You should make oil. You take oil that's purified, to light the Menorah. We haven't finished yet uh, telling what type of clothing. Why is this in the middle? This should have belonged after saying all the clothing. Then the Torah talks about the karbonas. Seems like this was put in twice. The shaman, the oil for the, for the menorah, and the oil twice and to make shaman's eyes off, somehow was put in for a special reason. So let me explain. This is a question that many commentaries ask. And there's a very profound teaching of a Lakita Alochis. Mr. Breslov explains a very, very important thing. He says, the Besamigdish, the Mishkin was created because we should feel the Shechina among us. Literally, to have the Shechina rest, to feel the closeness to Hashem. It's one of a very challenging thing to feel close to Hashem. You know, in relationships, if you want to connect with someone, you may spend time together, but with Hashem, not so easy for us to say, I am in a relationship with Hashem. I always tell people, you ask a guy, how's your relationship with Hashem? First thing to look at it is, you know, what's that all about? Are you about shuver? Are you flaky? I once said this, you know, I, I challenged someone about, you know, asked someone, guy told me, he's in college, and it was sitting, five from guys were sitting and eating lunch on the campus, and he asked the guys, how are your relationship with Hashem? Everyone became quiet. I looked at him. 
One of his friends came over to him, asked him if he's going through trouble, if he's being stressed out, or maybe he should speak to a counselor, or maybe the schooling is too much. We don't talk about it. Our relationship with Hashem is like, um, you don't talk about it. It's like, you know, certain things are untouchable. You don't talk about them. But it is difficult. The truth is, it's a very difficult thing, having a close relationship and to say, I love Hashem. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult to do, difficult to talk about. But the Mishkin, that was the purpose. The, when we were, had the Mishkin, it was much easier to feel the presence of Hashem. But what we need a continuously maintaining this relationship, it is, we need something to make us keep on going. It's like, and a person wants to maintain a good relationship with a friend or spouse or your children, the neighbor, can't just ignore each other, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, I need you and call you. If you call up, how are you doing? How was your day? To maintain a relationship, you have to keep on doing something about it. You can't just one day wake up and says, you know, by the way, I have a terrible headache. Can you come over? Uh, where were you the last year? I didn't hear from you. <clears throat> it needs a maintaining. The oil represents the shaman because the neshum of a person is called ner Hashem nishmas odom. The ner of a person is his soul. So the shaman represents the souls of cloudy soul. You need the soul to be a, a light up, lit up. So when the, the, the Torah mentions the building of the Mishkan had one purpose, that we should continuously be lit up. This wasn't just the light, it's that uh, to continuously, you know, because every relationship in the beginning is so romantic and it's so great and it's so good. The, the, the question is how to make it lasting, to go on, to push on. So the Neshemen was represents the freshness of continuously to be alert and let your mind get close to Hashem. See, the worst thing in life is, in relationship with Hashem, the worst thing is to turn tune off, you know, turn, you know, not to be in touch, which happens to all of us. All of a sudden, you know, we're not tuned into Hashem. We get busy with uh, many things and not the right things and not the important things. So the Shemun represents the Das. The Zohar always says the Shem represents the Das, the weirdness. The Shleim HaMelech says, Shemun Aroshkol Al Yechsar. Make sure you have oil on your head. Chazal say means the awareness, the enlightenment. What am I doing? And the more you'll be aware, the more you, the relationship will be better. The person doesn't even realize how distant they are from so on. Then all of a sudden they wake up, you know, if you're so distant. I hear this sometimes from couples. We, you know, we became very distant. I say always to them, it takes two to make it become very distant. Don't blame her and don't blame him. You became distant. You didn't take care of the relationship. You didn't make sure you talk and you go out and spend time and do make sure. The havdu with Hashem is the same thing. We need continuously, it's like watering the relationship, watering the plan. Make sure that it continues. That is the shaman of the mind, to be aware. That is really the davening is supposed to accomplish that we should be aware. Like many people wake up in the morning, be very religious, and don't even think about Hashem. 
Leave him the same Yerts Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Be'ezer Hashem. All these is very nice. I don't think about Hashem. It's the, it's the way of talking. Not to say, I, wow, I woke up. God has given me life today. I'm alive. Very few people think that way. Most of us just got up and got to do what we got to do. That's why we got to stop and reflect. That was the shaman that was there. Which does also does another profound thing, the shaman. Which the shaman does, it makes you want to be in the relationship. You know, you could be in a, you know, sometimes we have a relationship because we're forced. A family member is not a, the relationship that you always want, but it's my brother, my, my sister-in-law. You'll have family members that we would never choose to be in a relationship with them. It would uh, definitely stay away, but it's, it's a family member and you make sure you, you cordial to each other, try to, you know, whatever has to make it to be the relationship. And, you know, but there's a need just like every relationship needs to be watered, there is a, there's also the shaman represents the will. I want to make it work. Because you, in order to work, you need to make it want to work. You know, it's very nice. We, you know, I would love, you know, often my shalom bar should be better. I would love my relationship with my children or my neighbor should be better. Are you doing anything for it? So wishful thinking. You do something, then you know that you really want it. It all depends how much you want it. If a person is very hungry, he doesn't have to sit down and contemplate, how am I going to get to the food? You just think, how am I going to get the food? When it comes to any mitzvah to do something, or even relationship, even in Gashmi, it's just to get close. How, should I make the phone call? Should I, if you're asking, should I, shouldn't, you're not really wanting the relationship. Just something is kicking you in your mind that I should do it. Because you want food, you're going to just get the food no matter what. And if you're tired and you're exhausted, need to sleep, you're just going to lay down and, you know, you don't have to say, should I lay down? My right side, the left side, I'm laying down. When you don't want something so badly, then all of a sudden you start thinking, should I, shouldn't I not? But the more you want something, the more it's going to get done. It's true, Gashmi's digger things, you know, bodily things, it goes without thinking much. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you don't think about it. Should I drink? I shouldn't I drink. Should it be water? Should it be sweet water? You just do what you need to do. Spiritual things, or any, even, even not just spiritual, to be a mensch, as we say, to be kind, and to be a good neighbor, a good friend, a good uh, spouse, whatever, we, all, we have to think a lot about it. It's not part of the system. So the more you make a will, a rotzen it's called, the more you want it to do it, the easier it will be. If you, I don't like to give this marshal, but that's the reality. You ask young men what they did to get the girl's attention. See, I grew up from, from birth, so I never experienced it. But, you know, people have told me, like, uh, just, uh, just uh, I don't want to be recorded, but someone recently asked him, when he was not religious, he says, you wouldn't believe what I did just to get a girl's attention. Imagine you tell the same guy, the only way you're going to get filmed is you're going to have to do that. Are you kidding me? If the only way I can get filmed today is do that, I'm not putting on film today. 
But if you wanted to get the girl's attention, he went out of his way. Don't ask what he did just to, he wasn't even sure he's gonna, anything's gonna happen to just to get the attention. See, when something is wanted very much, you do it. It just, it just there does it, it's done. You don't want it so much, it's much harder. So the shaman represents the will. And that means it arouses the want that I should do it. I should do a better job. I should, whatever you focus on, which is great to take something to focus on, get yourself to want to do it and long to do it. Because after a while, it will get done. Just like when you really need something, it just, just go to the fridge. If you're really hungry, just, just you take your food. If you really want something, it's going to happen. The problem it doesn't get done because we really don't want it as much as we think we want it. So the rod sign it gets aroused. Even deeper, Rav Nachman explains that the besmigdish, the mishkin, every time they bought carbonus, it really had a power to make us want more because it says always by carbonus uses the word rod sign to want. Ratzain comes from the uh, source rats in Hebrew means running. So it means the, if you want something, you're going to start running to it. You don't want it so badly, you're not going to do it. So again, so the Mishkin purpose was that we should have a relationship with Hashem. But unfortunately, we don't have the Mishkin, so we have to have a double job. We have to work a lot harder to make sure this relationship we are in sticks. I'm going to tell you something, an amazing thing. It says in the Pasha, the Moshe made an announcement that should, anyone could denote, uh, donate gold, silver, copper. It goes through all the colors of the wool, Tcheles, Argomont, Lashoni. Now, Rashi brings down something very interesting. The silver in the Mishkan was the coins that they counted the Jewish people. I mean, they counted the, 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 the people. Each one gave a matzah shekel. That was the only silver that they had. I mean, that silver was melted from each matzah shekel, and they made the sockets of the beams, and they made the hooks hanging up the curtains. And those are the ones that held the curtains in, in place. That was the only silver used there. And everyone had to give a matzah shekel. The Pesach says the wealthy ones should not give more, and the poor people should not give less. It was a matzah, a shekel, and a half a shekel. And from that shkolem, they made the sockets of, of the beams. Why is that? Well, there's a very, very profound teaching which the, the Shlokudish, the early, early, from the times, very early commentary, Baal Mekubal, and he says the word kesev in Hebrew also means to long and desire. But you want, kesev is nichsefu vegam kolzel nafshi. That's a pasik. I yearned, I desired, I craved. I, I was, you know, it's like a love to the lover. He was desiring her or desiring him. The silver represented the longing and desire. 
everything we do in life, the reason we do it, because we wanted it to be done. Not more and not less. You are sitting here because that's what you wanted to do. And everything we do, we, we, whatever we do is because you wanted to do it. And if you didn't do more, because we really didn't want to do more. You would like to do more, maybe it's a fantasy. But we are what we are, and we do what we do because there's a desire to do what we want to do. Become some that's part of your identity. But you doing, you doing is because this is what I want to do. The, the, the foundation of us humans is the desire and the want underneath it. That's the silver. The silver represents the longing and desire. That's the foundation of the walls of the Michigan. That's the sockets. Because whatever we do is because it's done. We wanted it. It's not, you know, a guy killed someone. It was not premeditated, but he wanted to do it. That was the, when I hear the news, it was not premeditated. He wanted to do it. You know, if he didn't want to do it, it wouldn't have happened. But uh, could be he didn't plan it two weeks ahead. But uh, whatever reason is, if he did it, he did it. I mean, everything, it's not just it's silly things. We, we do it because there was a want to do it. If you really didn't want to do it, it wasn't going to happen. There's so many things we don't want to do and we should do. And we push ourselves till it gets done. So when a person does speak Lashnar, eat something that's not kosher, it's because there was, there was part of him who wanted it. And so he wasn't careful. Because if, you, if your person is high, was, doesn't want, if he doesn't want to do it, there's nothing that's going to change him. So the, the foundation of humans, of our free will, has to do with your wants. So if you could arouse your wants more and make it powerful, you will do a lot more. Sometimes we know we should do something. We're lazy to do it. We're uncomfortable. Like someone asked me last week, he has to call someone up and apologize. He's already pondering for six months how to do it. I, you know, and he, he's very uncomfortable. Uh, I said, you know, I know it's uncomfortable, but if you're not going to push yourself, it's not going to happen. I said, I suggest to first write an email and see what he'll respond. But you got to do something. If it's, it's on his mind all the time, he tells me it's not a day goes by, he doesn't think about it. Like, you know, I, I need to apologize. But it's very difficult. He's, he's not humble enough, and he, you know, whatever the situation is there. But you know, if you push him, you, certain things you got to push yourself in life. That is, the more you want something, and the you arouse, you'll, you'll do it. Other people find nothing. They call up and say, I'm sorry, you know. I've seen people like, yeah, I have to apologize. No problem. I, 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 I made someone apologize a few months ago, and he had no problem. The point was very incorrect and a very, but not good what he did. I, on the spot, he took out his phone and he called. Him, it wasn't a test. Other people just to say I'm sorry for some reason, such a test. So you got to say, I need to do it, and I want to do it, and focus, and long, and desire. If you want to overcome a habit, people sometimes addicted to a silly habit or a bad habit. If you don't focus that you want to quit, you're not going to quit. But if you really want to quit, you'll get the help how to quit. It will happen if you really want. Depends how much you want it to happen. I'm going to say a story which is not the most easy story, but the Reish Chachma. 
a famous Baal <clears throat> who lived in times of the Rizal. He writes this story. It's in a frightening story. He writes, there was a young teenager, very young teenager, and I think the sultan, I don't know the Arabs, how it worked, they passed by in a carriage, and he, he screams out to her that, uh, when are we going to get together? So she calls him over and whispers into his ear in the cemetery. He thought, this young guy, that she's going to meet him in the cemetery to, to sin. He went to the cemetery and waited all night, and that she didn't come. He figured maybe she meant the next night. Three nights, he was waiting there in the cemetery, fantasizing over it, and then it hit him. You know what she meant to say? No, we're dead. That's when we're going to get together. He said, if I could be so foolish, he was a young teenager, if I could be so foolish, just for a little Yetzirah, went to the cemetery and waited there three nights, thinking that she might come, how much more power do I have to use that for the right things? And he became a big tzaddik afterwards, he writes. See, there, the body, the Yitzhahara, screams. He didn't feel the pain then. Probably afterwards he felt so foolish, how he misunderstood it. He was a young teenager. But when he was doing it, he was like, asked him, wasn't that hard to be there all night? Are you kidding me? If it's going to happen, it was like nothing. Imagine, tell someone, you want film, stay there all night in the basic waters. Are you kidding? I should put out film? Just as, that's the only way I'll do the mitzvah? See, when it's Yates, when it's the, the body demanding food, sleep, even sex, everything, you don't have to work it up. It just gets it done. If we be hungry, my hulking cook will eat. But, you know, tell a person, you know, he didn't down yesterday. You know, I, the next day, he's, you know, I didn't down yesterday. You didn't down today? Maybe yes, maybe not. It's not something that you want so badly. So the trick is to arouse your want and desire. So Nachman says, by saying it out and thinking about it, I want to break this habit. If the more you think about it, the more you focus on it, the more you contemplate about it, you will quit the habit. Could be something silly or something big. You'll find a way to quit it. I was once told someone in the rehab center, the ones who quit are the really ones who really want to quit. They need help. The ones who fall back, they never really wanted it. It makes sense. You want something, so this is what the matzahs are shaker represented. We all, all Claudia soul, need the, the spiritual kesef. We need to want and desire. And the way to do this, to be honest, is to take time for yourself. You know, the, uh, I heard this from a few about people. Must be, uh, you know, find out where this is. It was in the news. And I heard it from at least two or three people, so I imagine it's, there was a school in San Francisco that the, it was not going well. Now, this is San Francisco, mind you, secular school. So they decided, the headmaster of this school decided they should meditate 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at the end of the school. So, you know, it's their type of yoga meditation. You sit down, 
you think about breathing, it's not spiritual medicine. You know, they didn't think about God. That's not uh, San Francisco's uh, thing. But they just, and the school became a much better, I'm going to try to find this article, because it, was, it changed drastically. And it, to me, it's now Chiddush. Chiddush means not something new, because when you, I meditate every day. If you take time for yourself just to sit alone and talk to Hashem, your whole life becomes much more easy. There's a place where you let out all your anxiety. I talk to Hashem. I tell him my frustrations and what I, it's going on in my life. It calms you down. You become so much focused. Now, these are secular te- teenagers, mind you, not talking about uh, adults. These were teenagers who, you know, just don't know how to sit in one place too long. The hormones are running through them. The, the, it just, it helped. So the truth is, in, is to be a, a, you know, closer to Hashem, it's so important to take time, 20 minutes, turn off your cell phone, nothing should be there, you and Hashem, and talk to Him, plead with Him, tell Him what you need, tell Him what you want to change, tell Him whatever you need, He listens for sure. Remember, we are His creation. And this is what he, Hashem focuses on us, unbelievable. And he really listens. But the fact that you get focused once a day, I need to change something in my life. Let it be this, this. You talk to Hashem, it becomes focused. And it becomes your conscious. And you have a relationship with Hashem. I mean, we are... I always think to myself, we do so much being Jewish, we don't connect it enough to Hashem. Fact, we didn't work this Shabbos. You didn't drive. There's a lot of things you maybe wanted to do, but you didn't because I believe in the, Hashem gave us the Torah. So we're doing so much. I always think to myself, we buy kosher food, it's very expensive. Send the children to a private school, very expensive. All that mysterious nefesh come because I believe. So might as well make it much stronger. I am doing the will of the creator of the universe. It's much, much more powerful than just say, okay, I rested Shabbos. It's a great thing to rest Shabbos. It's a great thing for family. It's a great thing in many ways. But I rested because I listened to the creator of the universe. And I kosher because it's, I believe in Hashem. I did not buy not kosher. I might have been tempted, but I didn't do it. Everything, it's, it's like becomes, it becomes a relationship that we have with Hashem. And truthfully is, is we have a much harder time. We don't have this Mishkin. And the only thing we really have is the Torah. The more Torah that's studied in the household, the more you bring the Shekhin into your whole house. The, uh, the, the more a husband learns Torah, he brings that kedush into that house, which ignites this presence of Hashem. And the more you, it works this way, the more you are closer to Hashem, Hashem says, I love the one who loves me. Shlaim Allah says it's in Pasuk Mishnah. I, I, love, I love the one who loves me. I'm there, the one who invites me. Hashem is there if he feels invited. Now he's always there, but his light shines through. But if you say, you know, I really don't want, I don't want them in here. It's too heavy. 
He's not going to be there. The Shechin is not going to rest there. But if you invite him there, Hashem loves to be invited. It's not just the words inviting him. It's just the reality that you, what, you, what, you, what your mind is occupied and what, you, what the household is done, how it's run. You know, it's very interesting. I'm going to say something about this. You know, the Medrash says, Haman represents the money. Because the Medrash says this way, gold represented the Harbin of Nechadnezah, silver represents the Pura Semudai, it represents Haman, because Haman went and he gave money, he offered money to Achishvedois, you know how much money he offered him? For each single Jew, 50 shkolem. Sh- it's an enormous amount. 600,000 times 50 shkolem. I think I once the article made a cheshman, I think came into 40 million grams of silver. I forgot, enormous amount. I'm going to look it up one day again. It's an abnormal amount of, of, a, of a human offered. Incredible. He offered, he said, each one gave a matzah shekel. I'm going to offer a lot more. Because Haman wanted to rip Klal from the Shoirish, from the roots. Lahash, see, we had many problems. No one said Lahashmid ilaharig, to wipe and to kill and to annihilate every Jew and everything and to take all the money and, and, and everything. It was only Haman. Haman wanted to rip out this, the roots. Amolek, we hate Amolek so much. Means Amole goes down to the roots. His evilness has roots. That's why it's so hard to get rid of him. It's rooted in the ground. And that's why he wanted to wipe us out. The Klippis Amole holds us back to do the right things. This is what he says. And how, how, does, how does Amole do that? There's a part of us who, who is not such a good character. You know, we are good because we decided to be good. But often, many people fantasize, see, they get angry at people. I, you know, I, I was joking with my daughter um, and she was young and she would say, I'll kill him. I says, guess what? I parked in the bank and the guy took two parking spaces. The guy gets out of the par- car and he looks at it and says, I'm gonna kill that guy. <laughs> I said, what? You know, I was thinking I didn't talk to him. I just, what? Goes, he parked down a little bit. <laughs> Got to two parking spaces. And, you know, and then I realized our people walk around killing people. In the mind. I don't think he ever killed anyone. But in their mind, there's a, there's a guy once told me, it was very frightening to hear this, that he wakes up and he has two machine guns in his mind holding it. When he wakes up, he's so angry at the world. I begged him to go to help. Uh, says because he well, that's how you wake up. I says you wake up when you sleep in the morning. You're so angry. He was someone did it in business something. And that's you know that's unhealthy. But there's part of us that is has an evilness to ourselves. There's a tzahara that is rooted from Amalek. And that's what and we, we every one of us every secular person non-Jewish person fights that evilness, we often are very angry and we say, I would like to see him dead. 
what other fancy words you say in your mind, but we don't do it. We just uh, pa passes by or other other fantasies that people have. But the Shodish, that's the Shodish of Yitzhahara. And Amalek wanted that we shouldn't desire goodness. We should rak rakaloyim. Amalek wants focus on evil, be violent, be <clears throat> that, that the question is always people ask. <clears throat> I heard someone ask speak about it in the Shabbos table, and he was asking, how do you how do people, religious people, so be so violent? I said, no, we have violence in ourselves. We need to hang the head hat on a peg. So these are violent people anyways. They, they just need to act out their violence so they found the excuse that religious makes them feel good. Otherwise, it doesn't feel good after a while. You know, what's my... Uh, because people have a evilness in themselves, and we fight it. There's no question about it. Every Jewish person, even non-Jewish person. You know, a non-Jewish person, when a secular person sees a woman, he doesn't think about to do something wrong, but he kicks in. Yeah, it's much harder, but he does fight it because he doesn't want to get into trouble. He doesn't be, be arrested that he harassed a woman or assaulted a woman. But he, he, he fights it for any reason. Rather be the reason is he's afraid to be in trouble and he's afraid what the community is going to say, but there is such a fantasy. And certain people have it stronger, some people less. We, we all fight the Yetzirah knowing and not knowing. Sometimes we, you know, if you pay them, but what we need to do is push it further. So the, the, the Kedusha of Purim is to push, to be happy, because the happier you are, the better you act. You know, when you're down and depressed, you think about your own hurt. Whenever we get depressed, we get so focused on ourselves, and I'm hurt, and I'm depressed, and I'm angry, and all the fancy things. We don't get, you know, we don't out to do good. When you're happy, you're much, you're much more easy to focus what has to be done. So, now it's other, we have to be extremely happy. We have to be happy because we're alive. And I tell myself, I have to be happy because we are living a life that no one lived since other magician was kicked out of Ganadim. The comfort that we have, you could never imagine it 100 years ago. Couldn't imagine such a thing. Try to tell someone that you're gonna have, you're gonna get into a box and you'll be traveling, not horses, no one's gonna kick up a storm and it's be as comfortable as you want. And you know what, you're gonna have a, an orchestra playing music for you. The guy doesn't know what you're talking about. And I don't even have an orchestra. Whatever music you want, I'll push a button. It'll be jazz if you want Hasidic music. Whatever you want. Oh yeah, we, we life. People live longer. We suffer less. Yes, the, the peace never was. Yeah, that's the only thing that's missing is the is the inner peace. But in comfort. We live longer, and not only that, we have opportunity to get healed. If a person has no inner peace, he could help himself. There's a physical medication for the physical thing, and there's mental education, emotional uh, um, uh, ways to heal. We have tools that no one ever had. People suffered from depression, real severe depression. 
you know, I'm talking about clinical depression, biological depression, there was no way for them to get out of it. There are people who suffer from mental illness who live a good life. Who 50 years ago would have been put into an institution. We are living longer. And we live such a, a wealthy life that we don't eat meat. It's too high on whatever it is. It's a joke, uh, you know. It's not, a, 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 in Europe, my mother says, my mother parents had money. Most people only ate the meat once a day, once a week, twice a week. If they're wealthier, three, three times a week. That was considered wealth. Today, you could eat chicken every day if you want. You could eat whatever you want. The only reason you don't eat it, it's unhealthy. We, we live, it's, it's just amazing. You know, um, dieting became a billion dollar business. I don't know how much, but it's a billion dollar business. Because we have too much food. And we're busy dieting. No one was busy dieting before the war. That I can tell you, in Europe. Dieting, people didn't know what to eat. We are, we should be so happy, and I hope we'll never have to one day say, boy, did we have it good and we didn't take advantage. What did you say? No, but that's what the Hashem created them for. Yeah, that's, that's the Hashem created it that way. So, as I say, when I finish my speech, I want to try my challenge, walk around smiling today. Even though you're not in a mood, you'll see that it changes. I've heard this from lots of people already. Then we're not in the mood of having smiling, you change everything. A lady told me that since she took upon herself every for the last few weeks just to smile, her relationship with her teenage daughter changed drastically. Not tough, you know, teenagers are teenagers. They do what they need to do. But, uh, but they changed. I said, you know why? Just because you act happy, you know how to handle it better. There's no magic. I'm not a magician. If you act happy, you will be happy. You handle things better. And why should we smile all day? You'll feel so much better at the end of the day. No one walks around and at the end of the day he was depressed and angry. You know, I had a great day. I really wallowed in my pain. It was a schmuck to be depressed. And I really was quite happy. I got so often angry today. At the end of the day, you look at yourself, you go like this. And if you walk around smiling, you look at the end of the day, you know, this was a good day. It really was a good day. So you know who gains yourself. You'll see, try to walk around happy, and at the end of the day, you're gonna say, wow, it was tough, but it was worth it. Okay.